I want to speak to us a little bit this morning about what Jesus reminded the church as we prepare for Good Friday next uh, week and for Easter Sunday. I want to just speak to us a little bit about prosperous eternity as we uh, look around about what did Jesus remind uh, his disciples about a week before he was about to be crucified, a week before he was about to be brutally murdered, if you want to call it that. But I want to say to you today as well that Jesus came for a specific reason and a specific purpose. And he reminds his disciples a few days before he's about to be crucified, which we'll celebrate next week. But John 14 verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, let, your, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you also know. And the way you know. So Jesus is preparing his disciples because they've been with him for three years. And they don't know what's coming up. They don't know that he's going to be crucified. But that's not the reason that we uh, camp at the place of Jesus' crucifixion. Although that is an important date in the Christian calendar. And we're going to celebrate that next week. But Jesus was preparing his disciples' heart to tell them there was a reason why I came to the earth. There was a reason why I'm on this earth. There's a reason why I came to establish Christianity. And it's for something much greater than this temporary life we live. I go to prepare a place for you, he says. That gives us such a great hope this morning. I want to say to you as well, if you've lost anybody or somebody that's near to you or close to you has died in the natural, their physical bodies are no longer here. I want to encourage you today and say to you, they're in this place that Jesus has prepared for us. Amen. They're in a place called eternity. That is the great hope that Christians have. So many religions around the world believe that nothing happens after you die. So many people believe that you just live this life and then you die. I don't believe that at all because my Bible tells me something else. My Bible tells me that heaven is a place we look forward to. That eternity is a place that we transition into. So we never really die as Christians. Amen. We just change our dresses. We move to a different location. That's all it is. We're living a temporary life now and then we go to an eternal life forever with Jesus. What an exciting time. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go to heaven until my earthly purpose is run. Amen. But Dr. Billy Graham said, he said, life is a glorious opportunity if it is used to condition us for eternity. He says, if we fail in this, though we succeed in everything else, our life has become a failure. Important statement he made. Life is a glorious opportunity if it is used to condition us for eternity. So we don't ignore this natural life. We don't try and run away from it. But we have to use this opportunity of the life we've been given on this earth to prepare us for a place called eternity. He said, if we're failing this, though we succeed in everything else, Jesus said, what does it help if a man gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? What will he give in exchange for his soul? There is no cryptocurrency or no value of any natural asset that can actually be as valuable as the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen this morning? Dr. Mike Murdoch said, he said, the principles of Jesus create your prosperity and prepare you for earth. But the person of Jesus prepares you for eternity. We know seed time and harvest, the law of seed time and harvest. If we apply the principles of Christ on the earth, if a seed is sown into the ground, it'll produce a harvest. And that prepares us for this life on earth. But it is the person of Jesus that prepares us for eternity, which so many people refuse to believe in or reject. And that's why God comes and He, he loves us so much that He sends us Christ. So it does not matter how much money you end up having or how much earthly stuff you build up by applying Jesus' principles on the earth. The reality is we can take nothing with us into eternity. 
We now know that we are born to prosper. As you know, I'm relaunching my book, uh, my, my new book on the 18th of April, Born to Prosper. It's all about understanding that this, you're not born to live a life of struggle, lack, and limitation on the earth. But that's not where we want to camp. We want to use our prosperity for purpose. Amen. We want to use our gifts and talents to advance this great kingdom of God. But we know that we are born to prosper on the earth, but we must be born again to prosper in eternity. Let me say that again. You're born to prosper on this earth. You're not meant to live a life of lack or struggle on the earth. But we, are, we need to be born again to prosper in eternity. So many people think they're going to die and just end up in heaven. No, my brother, my sister, I want to tell you today, there is a place reserved for us called eternity. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. But we have to be born again. Look what John, uh, Jesus said in John 3 verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not me that says that. It's the Bible that says that. People argue with it. People, people have issues with it. People refute it. People debate it. People write books about it. People, uh, they, they, they create other beliefs around trying to avoid the reality of that scripture verse. You must be born again. Amen. In order to what? To go to this place that Jesus says he goes to prepare for us. Notice next week we're going to celebrate the death Jesus Christ, if Jesus did not become a seed and fall into the ground of, his, of, 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 uh, of the earth, the Bible says Christianity would have remained just with Him. Christianity would have died with Christ. So we have to understand that although there is a place prepared for us, every man, every human being on this earth has to have a day when He says, that is the day I gave my life as a seed. And on that day, God took my seed of sacrifice, my seed of repentance, and He took that seed as if Jesus was in the tomb. If Jesus did not become a seed uh, on Good Friday, God would have had nothing to resurrect. So sometimes we think God wants, we ask God to resurrect our lives, but until your life doesn't become a seed, you give God nothing to resurrect. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? So we have to be born again. And eternity so often seems like a distant destination one day in the future. But we all know the death of the natural man comes like a thief in the night. Because the Bible says what? That the thief comes only but to steal, kill and destroy. We have no promise of tomorrow. Amen. And I'm not here to preach doom and gloom today. But I want to encourage us that eternity is not something that we should fear. Or death is something that we should fear. Because Paul writes in Corinthians, he says, oh death, where is your sting? How can death be so final? And the Bible says what? That it's not final to those who have accepted Christ into their hearts, to those that believe in Jesus. The Bible says death is not final. We simply, it's just a, it's a transition period into our new life, into an eternity with Christ. Can you say amen this morning? So the exciting news is that Jesus has gone ahead of us to go and prepare a place for us. Amen. And it's the person of Jesus that prepares us for eternity. John 14 verse 6, he goes on to say, he says what? He says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, that must be one of the most controversial scriptures in the Bible. Oh, all roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to heaven. No, the Bible is very clear. I am the way. Amen. And he said to his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you, and you now know that way. You can't come yet, he told them, like we can't go now, but we do know the way. And my question to you this morning is, are you on the way or are you in the way? Amen. 
Because God wants you to be on the way of His kingdom. He calls us, He chooses us, He appoints us, and He places us on this earth, in this world. He places us in His kingdom to go and make a difference in people's lives. And that is what I want to encourage you with this morning. Amen. That heaven is a place that we, we look forward to one day. But there is a life of purpose that God has called you to live. And He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen. And no one... That does mean that you can't, your political persuasion, your financial persuasion, your, your educational acumen, whatever it is. He says, no one, no thing, nothing can come to the Father except through me. Amen. Because Jesus is the way. There is no other way. It's not this way or that way or your intellect or the universe or whatever it is, the tree or the wave or different religions. No, He is the way. He is the truth and He is the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Can you say amen this morning? And he's busy preparing his disciples' hearts. He's telling them that this is what's going to happen. He says, you're on the way already. So hang in there. They, they didn't know what was about to come on Good Friday. They didn't know what was about to happen to, their, to their, their Lord, their Savior, the man that they were following, the man they saw produce miracles around them. But he was busy preparing them, saying to them, hey, you know, like a boxer who beats the air without hope. You don't wake up in the morning thinking, well, I mean, uh, you know, is, if, if you die, it's so final. I mean, I can't wait. I've got a, a great uh, creative imagination. So I can't wait to go to the place called heaven. I don't want to try and do it justice this morning and try and explain heaven to you because I haven't been there yet. But I can tell you what my Bible says about heaven. And my Bible says it's a great place. It's an exceptional place. My Bible said it's a resting place. My Bible said it's this magnificent place that we're going to one day. And our, our family and our friends that have gone before us, they are there. There's no Eskom. There's no petrol price. There's no taxis. There's nothing in heaven. Amen. It's a place of freedom. Can you say amen? There's no Cape Town traffic in heaven. Amen. The Bible says, while that day tarries, we walk by faith. So we don't try and clock out and leave before our time. We walk by faith, knowing that God is for us, God is in us, and God is with us. But it's important we take people with us, because that's all we can take with us, our souls. That's all we can take with us. So other human lives that Jesus loved so much that He gave His life for. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible is very clear, amen, that Jesus became one of the most precious seeds ever given on this earth. John 15 verse 13, the Bible says, Greater love is no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus comes in the form of man, flesh. He reveals himself. God sends his son, a portion of himself, to the earth. And he reveals himself to us, humanity. I mean, isn't it amazing? Jesus lived in Africa, lived in Egypt for a while. Isn't it amazing? So our, our, our Lord and Savior has got a bit of African in him. I mean, he lived there for a while. But the reality is he revealed himself to us. And that's why today none of us have seen Christ physically, but by His Holy Spirit, He reveals Jesus to us. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with a helper. He says, I won't leave you as orphans. I will send you a helper. I would encourage your faith today and say to you, no matter what you are facing, you're not alone. If you've made that decision to receive the Holy Spirit into your heart. Why? Because when you receive the Holy Spirit into your heart, the Bible says you now have the ability to know who Christ is. Because the function of the Holy Spirit, part of His function is to reveal the nature of Christ to you. So we weren't with Jesus for, for the 33 years He was on the earth. But you can have the mind of Christ. You can know the nature of Christ. You can know the way that Jesus thought. When Jesus was faced with temptation, He was able to resist that temptation. That's why we worship Him. That's why we serve Him. Because we are all fallen. All have sinned. Everyone in this room, everyone online, everyone that is listening to the sound of my voice, every single one of us, all of us have sinned. None of us, no matter how much money we have, 
no matter how many good works we try and do, no matter what we try and do with our lives, nothing matches up, amen, to the perfection of who Jesus is. That is why He's called Lord and Master and Savior. That is why we accept Him into our hearts. That is why we bow our knees to His Lordship. That is why we make His Word our final authority in our lives. Are you here this morning? I want to say to you, we can't have this lifestyle where, where we start to remove or start to be, be uh, opinionated about certain verses in Scripture. We have to take the full counsel of God and apply that into our lives. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible says, greater love is no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Like I said earlier, you need to get to a day where you've laid down your life for Christ. Your life has to become a seed. Unless your life is not a seed, the Bible says it will remain alone. That's, that sounds so uh, brutal or so callous or so cold, but the Bible is very clear. The principles of God, He's got no favorites. Let me show you. 1 Peter 1.17, the Bible says, And remember this, that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. I love that. Not that God doesn't like you, but God is not a respecter of people. You're not because you have a different pigmentation or you've got a different education or because you've got more money or less money. The Bible said God loves every single human being. That means every religion, every race, God loves every single human being. Might not always agree with the actions of humans, but God loves every single human being. That is why you and I cannot be selective in who we are, are willing to share the gospel with. Amen. We should not take sides. We should not be, be anti any other religions. Let me show you. I'll show you in a moment what, what heaven is going to look like. And the Bible said, remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. Because he will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. I love that. We're just temporary residents. I mean, if we're, how many people want to go and get their green card in America? I want to go to America. Well, there's just going to be sinners with a different accent over there. It's exactly the same thing. I mean, they can't, they can't just bry in America. What are we in America going to do? Yeah, we ons bry, so amen. And we get biggie pop some with ons bry. Come on. We are, in America, they barbecue. I mean, who bries on gas? Amen. Repent immediately if you bry on gas. You have to put a piece of wood down there with a bit of charcoal. Amen. But you can't bry on gas. And you have these, 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 these uh, uh, cheese sausages. What is that? Amen. You have to have burvos. Amen. And a, and a, and a, uh, and a ribiki. That's South Africa. Stay here. It's the land of milk and honey. Amen. But the Bible says what? That we, we, we must live in reverent fear of Him during your time as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Your ancestors cannot save you. Amen. They might have left you some stuff. They might have given you some houses or cars and been good parents. And that's great. We appreciate that. But the fact of the matter is the Bible is very clear. There is nothing that your ancestors can do to get you into that place that Jesus has prepared for you. There is nothing. There is nothing you can do. Amen. That can get you to this place that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said it was not paid with mere gold or silver. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't buy your way into the, into the place where you have to go to your eternal resting place. You have to receive the sacrificial blood of Jesus. Good Friday. You have to receive that into your heart by faith. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You have to believe that the sacrifice He paid on Calvary, the Bible said that gives you access to the way into the place He prepares for you. You can't exchange any money. That's why the rich young ruler, people preach that scripture verse out of context, Luke 18 and 19. We see the rich young ruler comes to Christ and he says, good master, he tries to suck up to Jesus. He said, why do you call me good? Are you trying to suck up to me? He says, why? There's no one good but God. God is good all the time. 
Romans 2 verse 4, don't you know it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance? God's not out with a big stick to judge you. God's not out with a black book to write all your sins in. Oh, the Bible says what? Your sins are, he remembers no more like the East is from the West. That's why I saw a great thing on, 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 on technology recently where a person said, he said the reason that, that, that God remembers your sin no longer than the East is from the West and not the North is from the South because the earth spins on its own axis. And, the bio, and, and if you look at signs, that you can actually measure the distance from the North Pole to the South Pole. There is a measurable distance, but there is no distance. You can't measure the East from the West because the earth is spinning all the time. That is why the Bible said, God remembers your sin. As far as the East is from the West, there's no destination. There's no stopping point. There's no, there's no well, after 4,000 kilometers, now it's there. No, it's, uh, I remember your sin no longer. And sometimes we have issues with us because we're so hard on ourselves. And the Bible says what? That it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. You can't buy your way into heaven with Bitcoin. Amen. Your Bitcoin might make a lot of money and you can buy yourself a Ferrari. That's great. It'll just get you to church quicker. That's all that the Bitcoin can do for you. Amen. Can't get you into heaven. You can't drive your Ferrari into heaven. You have to go into heaven. How? Your spirit man goes into the place called eternity. So your flesh man goes to the box. We're going to have a funeral for you and myself one day. And we're going to have a coffin here in the church. And we're going to talk about your life on earth. But by the time we're speaking about you here in a box, your spirit man is going to be in heaven. Perfect. And you're going to be in that eternal place. But if you haven't accepted Christ into your life, the Bible says you can't go that way. There is a different way reserved for those that reject Christ. So God forms a place called heaven and hell as a coin, has a, has, a, has, a, has a head and a tail, as electricity has a positive and a negative. Amen. Everything has two sides. So God is a just God. So he creates everything with two sides. But you can't see two sides of a coin at the same time. You have to decide. If you take a, a coin and you toss it, heads or tails, you can't have heads and tails. It's either or. That is what Jesus said. He said, either make the tree good and the fruit good or make the tree bad and the fruit bad. Amen. But you'll know a tree by its fruit. So you can't have, the kingdom of God is either or. It's not two options. Amen. You are either or. You either choose Christ or you reject Christ. And when you reject Christ, the Bible said if you don't ever become a seed and fall into the kingdom or into the, the God's kingdom like a seed, He says you're going to die and you'll remain alone. That means you're going to go to the other destination which God created for Lucifer and a third of his rebellious angels. So God sends no one to a place called hell. People refute it. They argue. They say, how can that be? Well, God creates a, a positive and a negative. Gravity, there's an up and a down. Amen. There's two sides to everything. But the Bible is very clear. God doesn't choose or send any human being to hell. He, he's created a place called hell, but by your own choice, you choose your final destination. He says what? If you put your faith in Christ, if you put your faith in God, if you believe that the, the shed blood of Christ, amen, is, the, is the, the access into heaven, the Bible says you will go to that place that Jesus prepares for us. So it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious, listen, blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, He has been revealed for your sake. So Jesus was chosen before the foundation of the world to become the ultimate sacrifice, the ransom, amen, for your and my sins. I love that, amen. Such an incredible promise this morning. So Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus, 31st of May, 1992. 
the old Republic Dach in South Africa. Most of you won't even know that. Amen. But I was saved on that day. It was, a, it was a Sunday morning and I went to church and I was lost in myself. I was a rebellious young man, uh, ran away from the things of God. But on that day, I, I decided to make my life a seed. And I accepted the, my faith in Christ that day. I was religious. I went to church before that. I went to Sunday school. Never understood a thing. Amen. I was the angel in the play for many years. Hated every minute of it. I had to put a patter across the stage. Picture it. In a white robe with wings on my back. Amen. But I was no angel. Believe you me. I used to steal the wine in our church when I ran out of alcohol with my friends. That's how evil I was. Amen. Because in our church, we didn't drink grape juice. We drank Royvain. And I used to say to my friends, I'll put my name up as an altar boy because we didn't have money for alcohol. So I used to go and steal the church's wine, put it in my backpack and say amen off the church and go and drink the church's wine to get drunk. That's how unsaved I was. And you think, Pastor Aiden, yes, I needed a day when I had to become a seed and fall into the ground of God's kingdom and say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. Amen. As Pastor always says, Amen. We didn't find Christ because He wasn't lost. Amen. He calls you. He chooses you. And He appoints you. And as I'm speaking this morning, He's talking to the hearts of some of you this morning that have resisted Him for so long, like I did for many years. I resisted God. I, was, I tried to sort my life out. I tried to fix myself up. But you cannot. Because the Bible said, unless a grain of seed falls into the ground and dies, not physically dies, but dies to the Adam nature that we were sold out to in Genesis. Adam sold us out to a sin nature. And that nature will repetitively sin. I mean, just look at your children. That little angel that is lying in the pram right now that is so innocent in your eyes. But one day you get home and the cookie jar is empty and you ask them who ate the cookies and the first thing they say is it's not me now you didn't put them on a lesson of let me teach you how to lie they just naturally lie why because they are born sinners amen so don't think your child is such an angel your child needs a day when they have to be born again why because their life has to become a seed and they can't you can't go to heaven through your parents you can't go to heaven through your religious acumen you can't go to, to heaven through your theological degree you can't go to heaven through your good works you can't go to heaven through selling cook sisters at the annual fate it does not get you to heaven amen your good works do not get you to heaven you are saved unto good works but you are not saved by your good works i am the way i am the truth i am the life no one comes to the father except through me says jesus amen are you here this morning so the bible says in john 3 16 for this is how god loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish listen but have eternal life there's that word eternal prosperous eternity amen because heaven is a prosperous place i say this over and over i sound like a stuck record but i'll stay there until the holy spirit tells me to move off of that because the greatest lie that you can believe in your earthly life is that you're born to a life of struggle lack and limitation i want to say that to you because the bible said what let your will be done teach us how to pray jesus well pray like this our father who art in heaven but he goes on to say what let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now if jesus says i go to prepare a place for you because in my father's house has many mansions and he says the will of god is that heaven should be, should manifest itself on earth and jesus says i go to prepare a place for you that's full of mansions why can't you have a mansion on earth i'm just saying what the bible says 
I'm not saying you must live in a state with a boom gate and a finger access and your nose three degrees in there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, why can't you own your own piece of real estate? It's a, it's a temporary thing. I understand that. But why must you always be under the hammer of struggle, lack, and limitation? Why must you cancel a lunch appointment in the middle of the month because you haven't got money to eat at a restaurant? Why must you, television makes an advert, the two-minute noodles, the, the middle-of-the-month salty crack snack. Beginning of the month, I used full for all the delicacies. Middle of the month, is just the snack. End of the month, it's full again. And I don't say you should chase money because we're here. The Bible is very clear. You, you can't take it with you. But I want to encourage you this morning. From today, every time you walk out this building, walk out this building and look around you. Every single piece of building you see on this planet, some human owns it. Can't take it with us. But why can't you own your own one? Why don't you start saying in the Word of God and say, Pastor, uh, Father, well, if heaven is a prosperous place, if your will is for heaven to come down to earth, and if you say that your father's, uh, Jesus said, my father's house has many mansions. Let me tell you what the word mansion means. The word mansion in the dictionary, it means a, a large and impressive house. Now, I know it might be agitating some of you, but I'm amazed at how people that have issues with preaching uh, God's goodness in church, the minute those same people win the lottery, they are going to accept all that money. They're going to say, no, you know what? I don't believe in prosperity. Tell you what, give that money to the poor. Give it all to the poor. I'm just going to live in my small little house. You're the first person to tell us about your holiday in Hawaii. Amen. Because why? Because the Bible tells us that, uh, that Judas had an issue when Mary brought spiked that oil to put on Jesus' feet. And the Bible said the first person to criticize her sacrificial gift the spike that oil theologians tell us was equivalent to one year's salary. Now when is the last time any of you or myself in this place did something to the equivalent of one year's salary? That's what this woman did. She came and she brought the most precious oil that you could find in the time. And she put it on Jesus' feet. Another time they put it on his beard, which symbolized the anointing of God, the authority of God. And when they wanted to stop her and say no, the first person to complain was Judas. And he said that money could have been given to the poor, which most people criticize the church about. Why are you people building buildings? You could have given that money to the poor. But you are the first person on Black Friday to stand in the queue to pull a 499 piece of shirt. Amen. You're chasing off these earthly things. You stand in the queue. When the first Cinnabon opens in that new mall, you're first in the queue. A cappuccino and a Cinnabon. And I've told you before, if you eat too many Cinnabons, the sin sits in your bum. Amen. Oh, yeah, this morning. Stop this poverty mindset. Stop this belief that I'm called to a life of suckle, suckle, suckle. No, you're not. The principles of God are placed on this earth. Apply them. Live by the law of seed time and harvest. Open your hand. Become a generous person. Amen. Give and it shall be given back to you. But you can't take it with you to heaven. But God wants you to have a, a blessed life on this earth. Stop believing you have to constantly always struggle. Amen. Stop it because the Bible is very clear. I've called you to be fruitful, multiplied and to fill the earth and have dominion. I mean, having dominion is what? I mean, just take a, 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 a piece of your house. When you, if you've got a house or a garden. I mean, you know, there's an old saying about you know, when the Lord had that, 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 that garden, it wasn't doing too well until God gave it to me. And sometimes God gives us that garden. What are you doing with that garden at your house? Simple analogy. But is your garden all run over with weeds? Is the lawn out of control? Is the house in a mess? 
when you are there, have dominion over that place. Fix it up. Build a, 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 a room onto your house. Plant grass. Put a sprinkler system in. Have dominion over that place. Stamp your authority on the earth. Amen. I mean, look at Cape Town. We had to go over this mountain all the years, so we decided to build, to smack a hole through the middle. And God goes, well done. Have dominion over my earth. Build buildings. Uh, advance. Uh, use this earth. Replenish it. Amen. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. But it can't, you can't take it with you to heaven. Use it for the advancement of my kingdom. Live a great and blessed life. Why? Because in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a mansion for you. I'm going to show you this morning out of the Bible. It's not me that says this. Are you a prosperity preacher? Well, let me preach poverty, struggle, and death to you next week. The Lord showed me a dark cloud is coming over Bloberg, over Robben Island. It's rolling in from the east and the west. Doom and gloom comes. The Lord says He's coming to punish guilt and sin. All of you will be filled with plagues of warts and... and, and but the fact is, when we are blessed in our natural life, it's God that blesses us. Amen. As we apply the principles of God. But just don't marry those things. Don't let those things hold you. Use those things to advance His kingdom. Let money be your servant. Don't serve money. Let money serve you. How does it serve you? Give it away. Open your hand. Give it away. Because when your heart is open, your hand will be open. Amen. Open your heart to God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only and begotten Son. He didn't give half of Jesus. Gave his arm and his leg. What's going to cost me an arm and a leg? No. He gave his whole body. So why do sometimes we want to hold back? Give. And it shall be given to you. Live a blessed life. Because when you get to heaven, well, you won't have a back to fall on because you'll be a spirit. You're going to fall on your spiritual back. Amen. Because the Bible says you'll be perfect. Where there's no pain. There's no anger. There's no racism. There's no pigmentation. When you get to heaven, there's no, there's no emotion. You don't know. That's why when they came to Jesus and said, this woman married her brother and then he died and then she married all the other seven brothers. It must be a challenge. Marry your sister-in-law. Amen. But the Bible says, they came to Jesus and said, whose wife is she now in heaven if she married all the brothers? Jesus said, don't you understand? He said, in heaven we're not given to marriage. So that's why when somebody in your family dies or if you're some family and they marry again, stop having issues with it. The husband that's gone doesn't know she's remarried. I live here. Just make sure they marry wealthy the second time. Amen. But we have all these emotional issues. What will my dad say? What will my mom say? Nothing. Your dad's got no clue. Your mom's got no clue. Why? Because Jesus said so. So we live this temporary life. Then we die. So when you get to heaven, your, your dad's going to go, why did you marry that guy? He doesn't, he won't know that. Jesus said, don't you know that? There's no, there's, we'll, we'll recognize each other, but there will, there'll be no anger. There's, you haven't got the ability to hate because it's been removed from us. The sin nature has been removed. We've been made perfect. Now we're in a place where we just worship Jesus 24-7, 365. What a, I mean, imagine that. We have a praise and worship session every day. Amen. With no traffic and no taxes. SARS is not there. Isn't that great? Amen. The Bible says this, what? Bible says this, Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. In heaven you don't need ADT. Verse 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. So what are the treasures we lay up in heaven? People. 
when you tithe towards the house of God, the kingdom of God, thank you to those of you that faithfully give every month. When, you're, when you push the EFT button, it's just it's money. It's, it's money that, that is serving you. You said, I, you, you won't control me. Watch this. Let me just want you to give 20% this month. Just to agitate the devil. I'm like that. The minute I start getting agitated, I think, well, let me give some money away. Because then I start to have control. I dominate. You're not going to control me. The minute I start to see my bank balance, I go, ask the church. Ask them. When the, 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 the financial department says, Pastor, slow down. I said, no, no, the Holy Spirit says we must sow. It's a season of sowing. Then I give. I sow. A koisat. A koyiltet. A koisat. A koyagron. I sow. Harvest event. And George, we sow. We give all the time. Regularly. All the time. We're giving into people's lives. Why? Because if, unless there's seed in the ground, the rain comes. Oh, the rain. Nothing. But you didn't put seed in the ground. Rain is meant to water seed. God sends the rain, we sow the seed. God creates heaven, we sow our lives as a seed. Outside of that, you'll, you'll remain alone. You're going to learn slop. That's why the marriage as well. When you can't say sorry, that people ask me, how do you have a successful marriage? I say, you learn to say sorry first. <laughs> Amen. Otherwise, you remain alone in the spare room. It's true. When Sherry and I got married, early days, two single people, Paul said it's a mystery. How a pokin pool and a swan pool become one pool? It's difficult, amen. It's difficult. He says, I don't understand how this works. It's hard. Two single people becoming one. Now we, go, now I, we have our first marital fight. And then you, you know you have that fight when the first one to give in is the weakling. So now the kids don't hear the parents speak for six days. Food gets passed in Morse code in the house. Then when she comes down the passage, I come down the passage, we like, we are, we are backs against the wall so we don't touch. Because the first person to touch loses. And you get into bed at night and you have to sleep on the edge of the bed because if your toes touch, you lose. So you've got to, she must say sorry first. I'm waiting for her to become a seed. She must die. And your head, I'm going, I see myself in court saying, yes, your honor. Okay. But the Bible says unless, then she gets up, she storms off the first fight we had years ago in a, in a house in Kimli. Kimli, it's very cold. It's like, it's minus, minus. So she gets up, she storms off down the passage. There she goes. And I think to myself, well, put the stopwatch on because it's cold down there. I've got the hot blanket. I've got the aircon. There's nothing down there. It's like hell down there. She gets off there. Like 15 minutes later, I just hear, move up. Oh, yeah, she's back again. Why? Because it's too cold down there. So I go, one for me. One up. But until you don't become a seed and fall in the ground and die, your marriage is never going to work. But who's right? doesn't matter who's right. Just say sorry first. Because Christ was right. And they crucified him. And when they said to him, save yourself, justify yourself, defend yourself. The first thing he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the greatest seed any man can give. When your brother of another color offends you or you offend them, are you, are you mature enough as a child of God to say, I'm sorry I offended you? I'm sorry I misunderstood your culture or I treated you wrong? Are you mature enough to say that? No matter what your pigment is, are you going to start a whole campaign now? Hashtag so-and-so pigment must fall no but maybe you should fall into the ground and become a seed say sorry that's the way we're going to reconcile this nation amen oh yeah this morning so in closing in closing paul writes and he says what he says for, for to me to live is christ and to die is gain but if i live on in the flesh this will mean fruit from my labor which all of us will produce he says yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. I agree with you, Paul. 
he says heaven is far better he's I'm, I'm caught between these two places I, I, I want to produce fruit but I want to go to heaven I want to go to eternity so don't 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 think that eternity doesn't exist it's an incredible destination I can't wait to go to that place so here this morning let me read you a few scriptures as we close this morning heaven is a happy place the Bible says Hebrews 12 verse 22 but you have come right up to the Mount Zion to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to the gathering of the countless happy angels. Isn't that amazing? They're happy angels. They're not unhappy staff. They are happy angels. Not unhappy citizens. They're happy. He says, and to the church, listen, composed of all of those registered in heaven. It's through the church people get registered for heaven. And to God who is the judge of all and to the spirits, listen, of the redeemed in heaven already made perfect. Isn't that amazing? He says, when you die, your spirit is made perfect and you go to that place called heaven. Heaven is a permanent place of worship, Revelation 7 verse 9. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which was no one could number of all nations. Listen, yes, heaven, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Isn't that amazing? Heaven is a place of peace and provision, Revelation 7.15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. So if you're not serving in the temple here on earth, you're going to struggle to serve there in the temple. Serve in the house of God. Amen. And He who sits on the throne will dwell amongst them. And they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. And the sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Amen. Heaven is a place of indescribable beauty. Revelation 21 verse 9. Then one of the seven angels and who had the seven bowls full to the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Isn't that amazing? We're going to see Jesus face to face. And He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of the heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Listen to that. I don't want anyone to do it justice. Use your imagination. The Bible said heaven is the most beautiful place you can ever imagine. The colors, you can't describe it. But heaven is a place of pearl gates and streets of gold. Listen, Revelation 21, 21. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, the transparent, like transparent glass. Is that amazing? No potholes in heaven. Praise the Yerre. There's no potholes. Your street is made of gold. The Bible says when you die and as you approach this place called heaven, there are 12 pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And they are made of pure pearls. I mean, we've got a place called Pearl Valley. It doesn't match, amen, to this thing called the pearly gates. People make jokes about it, but it's true. You get to a place where the gates that you access through. And the Bible says what? That you'll see as I'm speaking right now, as I click of my finger like this, people are dying every second of the day people are dying not not some are dying to an eternal place where there is no future and some are dying to a place called eternity but as they die every single moment someone is dying if you watch around the world every single day as they are born they are dying and they are going to a place and the bible says as they go to that place don't mourn don't you don't worry or, or fret about where your family's gone preach jesus to them don't judge them get them saved because when they get to the pearly gates the bible says they're going to have to go through these gates and as they approach these gates they're going to look and there's going to be a register and if your name is not written in the book you can't go through the gate and when you access the other side i can't wait Woo! i can't wait to get through the gate and look and look for my mansion i'm going to live in gold street pearl valley number seven you better be next door to me 
Because when I, when I, when I, when I, there's going to be no cell phone uh, drop calls. Because when I, when I float over to your house there, and we're going to go to a praise and worship session, when the trumpets sound early in the morning, they're saying, report for praise and worship. And we're going to, woo Oh, the saints come marching in. And we're going to march to praise and worship, and we're going to lift our hands. And we're going to worship Jesus. Amen. And listen, when we get to our streets, stand on your feet with me this morning. The streets are filled with gold, like, like transparent glass. Because when you drive, when you walk on heaven like this, you can see through the street below you because there's just, it's incredible. I can't wait for this place called eternity. Think about your family members that are there right now. Listen, Christian, next week we're celebrating Good Friday. And as much as what we stop and pause and focus on how our Lord and Savior resisted sin until his sweat became blood drops. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you, I, me, my, my, I can only speak for myself. I've tried to resist sin in my life. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And at some point, my human will is too weak and I give in sometimes. But Jesus, the Bible said, resisted sin so that he could stay perfect and in the will of God until he sweat, turned into blood. Because that was the blood that he had to shed for you and I. And as he laid his life down and gave his life on that day, which we're going to celebrate next week, the Bible says every single human being from that moment had an opportunity to go to that place. To as many as call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I want us for a few moments, we're going to worship together, we're going to close off the service. There's such a great presence of God over this place. I want to say to every one of you there in Cape Town North, up in the balcony, watching us online, don't tune off right now. Stay with us for a moment, but I want you right now just to see heaven as we as we're going to worship for a few moments. I want you to see that place in your imagination. See it and yearn for that. And thank God for Jesus that you can go to that place because he goes to prepare a place. And if you're not there, if you've never given Jesus the, your life this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment to make your life right with God. It's the greatest decision any human can make. To as many as received him, he gave him the right to become the sons and the daughters of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.